Hello, and welcome back to the Wasteland Podcast. My name is Lee Syatt. I am your host, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time or your longtime viewer and listener, I really appreciate you coming and watching. If you would like to be a guest on the Wasteland Podcast, email me, wastelinepodcast at gmail.com, and you actually have a little bit more time. When I said last week I was going to be sending out messages to everyone, I uh, ended up fibbing a little bit because I was unaware or forgot that the next two weeks are Jewish holiday weeks, and I uh, am a little bit unavailable over the next couple weeks. Happy holidays to any of my fellow chosen people out there who are spending a lot of time in temple and uh, you might be thinking oh lee has some time off of work uh no it is uh it's not terrible but they're long days and i don't speak hebrew so it's a lot like uh when like a a four-year-old explains movie to you and you understand some of you like oh that sounds interesting and like just start oh really and like i I have no and you even ask the parents like what did they say like i don't know so um that's a lot what the jewish holidays are like but i'm excited tonight is monday night and i get to go have a dinner with my aunt and uncle it's a little bit uh frustrating because for those of you who don't know i have a little system where monday nights is tuna night and I don't know why. Like it's just weird to me whenever I have to break that that habit. I I just like I like it because it's low in calories. It's a lot of protein. I feel pretty full, and I've just become accustomed to having it. I I I I have no idea how many weeks in a row I've done it, but I've been doing this for almost. I guess what is it? It's like probably nine ish months, nine and a half months. And I, I've done it, I've only missed it a few times. I've done it the majority of the time. So, it's always a little bit of a bummer when I have to miss it. But the food, that's one thing about, uh, my aunt is Italian. So, uh, some of my, oh God. So, my aunt, so she makes some of the best. But then, uh, if you know me from any of my other podcasts, I had a joke, or not even a joke, but I had a, a talk with Action Bronson once about how Jewish food wasn't my favorite food. Now, that's true with one very specific exception, brisket. Oh, my God. Now, if you've had barbecue, uh, you might be like, oh, is it that? Yes, but different. Um, my mom makes it with like this onion gravy sauce sort of thing. It's it's my my favorite meal in the entire world is that brisket with latkes and green beans, and we're not having latkes because um, that's a that's a basically a Jewish hash brown uh, that you have during Hanukkah. So that's at the end of the year. I already told her that that we're having it again this year. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But I'm actually adjusting my. I don't call it, I won't call it a cheat day because I don't go to like McDonald's and get and get uh, Oreos. But my little extra calorie day, I'm not going to be having it on Tuesday this week because Wednesday night we're having brisket and I am very excited. So um, it's just that that's part of what I'm learning is, you know, adjusting. I, I You don't have to eat like I used to eat like every meal was a, like a full on cheat meal. And that's how I got to be 336 pounds. So I'm very happy to not be that big anymore. I actually, oh, I just threw it. I actually had to cut my belt today. My, I have a, I don't know, what is the name of this? I don't know the name of it. Maybe it's that. I don't, it, it might be Lindor. I'm not sure, but they're, they have these belts. Like, listen, let's see if you can hear this. It's, it's my favorite, it's my favorite belt. I've had a few of them. And this used to be so big that I couldn't do it, but could you hear that? Sounded like I just farted a little bit, but it's actually, it's a belt with like a, a ratcheting system and it, it just, it's so much better than like the holes. Cause you go, when you, you know, when you're losing weight, you go in between holes and it's frustrating. Your pants fall down. I love these belts and it comes and you can like, it comes in like a really big size and then you can cut it down. And when I was at my biggest, like when I, I remember once, like I, I would, uh, go to places Sometimes with my jeans just totally unbuttoned or 
If not that, like my belt would be un- unbuttoned when I was driving, and when I got there, I would I would put the belt on because it hurt. It hurt your stomach. It's I think it's like the like the I think fat guys kind of understand a little bit of the bra pain that women go through, and it's in our belts because it really like that my your stomach it's red and it hurts. Maybe it's not the same, but it's it's in the same arena. Um, but. I remember I got out of the car and I was fastening my belt and it just wouldn't, this belt that I think was like 45 inches just wouldn't click in. And now I had to cut like, I've cut like four inches off of it. Um, so that's always that the little things like that always help. Um, I, I'm very excited about today's episode because I have, it's sort of a repeat guest. The guest today is Dr. Tyler Manley. He's a, a, a doctor in Wisconsin. And we met and I had him as a guest on my other podcast, What Was I Thinking? It's episode number 18, I believe. Let me double check. I, I have it written down, but I uh, I forgot because my memory is gone. Yes, number 18. And we recorded this in February of this year, 2021, if you're listening in the future. And... It's titled like I think it's something like the, when a fat guy asks a doctor all the questions he wants to know, um, and I was just under two months into this uh, journey or whatever you want to call it into losing weight, and I had a lot of questions and I was very nervous and I I, I don't like going to doctors, and we talked about it so I had Tyler on again. Uh, this week, and I'll include links to that episode as well, but um, I wanted to have him on the waistline to talk about what happened in losing 100 pounds, like what did my body uh, go through, what it's like now, and um, it was it's a short talk, but I think it's, it's very interesting, and I liked, I liked very much having him on. Please listen to the first one when, like I said, there will be links included to that. Um, and thank you so much to Tyler for coming on. I'm going to introduce him in a second. Um, I do want to give an, uh, another update on my weight loss. Last week was a little bit of a, I found myself, and I think I spoke about this last week, getting a little bit off track with the dieting. And not crazy, but you know, just not being as strict as I should be and having too much Having one cheat day go to two cheat days, and it, it, it held me back. And so last week, I actually did like a triple workout on my weigh-in day. I did kettlebells before I left the house, and I did two walks, which I normally don't do, but I, I just, and I know it's not good to be so focused on the number, but I am. I, I mean, I'm, I'm only human, and the number, when it, if it doesn't go down, it frustrates me. Um, so I did that, and I was able to lose one pound. So not a huge week, but you know, it's better than gaining, and that's all I'm really looking for right now. Obviously, I'd like it to be two, three, four, I'd, like, I'd love it to be 20 pounds, but that's not realistic. So I'm officially, uh, as of last week, 219.4, which makes me down a total of 116.6 pounds. I had a a goal of losing 3.4 this week. To get me down to 120. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think I'll probably get down. I think I'll probably lose at least 2 pounds this week. Um, so I mean. that I, I always knew it was going to slow down. And I'll, I might have to adjust. Or do more working out. Or something. But I. My next goal is to get under 200 pounds. By Thanksgiving. And oh no. By Halloween, that's what it is. I don't know if that's going to be possible. That's what, just under 20 pounds. That'll be tough. That'll be in two months. I'll really have to to pick it up the next couple weeks. I didn't. I, I forgot about that. We'll see. Uh, Thanksgiving is like the the little more of a stretch, or not a little bit less of a stretch goal. Halloween, it would be nice because uh, the the a woman I'm dating has two kids, and it's an excuse for me to trick or treat. And if you think I'm a 33-year-old man who won't trick-or-treat, uh, you're wrong because I will. And I'm, I'm planning on it. So if I lose, uh, I guess, just under 20 pounds and I'm under 200 pounds, I'm going to have some candy. But 
I uh, will see what happens. I'm weighing in today, the day that this comes out. I'll be weighing in again. And, you know, it's um, it's just it's going. There's nothing else I can really say. It's not losing weight isn't my favorite thing in the world. I, 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 I don't want to ever, if you're out there and, you, and you're uh, thinking about like, oh, should I start? Should I not start? I'm not trying to paint a picture of it's an amazing, fun experience. I've been eating rice to cauliflower now. I went from having pasta and bread to having some rice occasionally to having couscous. And now I've pretty much, uh, I told you about it last week, that green giant rice to cauliflower. Um, and it's not terrible, but it is not pasta or mac and cheese. And it's it's a little bit... um it's frustrating at times just I, I i and i was gonna say i can't eat what i want to eat i could no one's stopping me but i i'm focused on losing weight right now and i want to get down definitely under 200 pounds um i'll be at 150 pounds lost at 186 yeah at when i get to 186 that'll be 150 pounds at the minimum, I think I'd like to get to 170 pounds. So that would be 166 pounds lost. I'd really like to even get closer to like 150. But that's that's a long way off. That's like 70 pounds from now. So we'll see if I ever get there. Um, I also will eventually have to talk about uh, the weight loss, the skin removal surgery, which is something that Tyler and I talk about. So I'm going to get right into Tyler. I would, uh, very quickly want to thank our sponsor for this week, which is Sheath Underwear. Hello, Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear is celebrating the 100 pounds that I lost, and they sent me some of their underwear. I love it. It's great for me, guys, any guys, big or small, and if you, ladies or men, if you have a man in your life, they're going to love this underwear. It's soft. It's supportive. They have a two-pouch compartment, which really which really helps and working for working out, things aren't flopping around, things are compact, they're nice, it feels good, and you look good, you look sexy, your butt looks great, and I'm, I'm a man talking about another man's butt, but you, sir, your, your butt's going to look, ooh, your girlfriend's just going to grab it and bite it, and it's gonna, she's going to love it. Do me a favor. Go to sheathunderwear.com and check it, check it out. Check it out. The, 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 one of the, my favorite things about this product is that not only is it an American-made company, an American-owned company, but it's a, a veteran-owned company. U.S. Army soldier Robert Patton created and had the idea for sheath underwear on his second tour in Iraq. And if it's good enough for his balls, it's good enough for mine. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code SYATT, S-Y-A-T-T, to get 20% off of your first order. And don't forget, you're not going to need this, but if for some reason you're like, I don't like it, which is not going to happen, you can go to every order comes with Sheath Underwear's 100% money-back guarantee. So go to just do me a favor. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code SCIENT. Get some of their products. They also have shirts and, and, and uh, what is that? See, I can't even think because it's so hot out. It's uh, sweatshirts. They have a whole bunch. They have a lot of great products, but you're going to want the underwear. It's soft. It's supportive, and it supports me, and it supports a veteran-owned company. Do me a favor, sheathunderwear.com, promo code SIET. Get Sheath Underwear and let them support your balls. Thank you so much to Sheath Underwear, and thank you so much to Dr. Manley for coming on this week's episode of the Waistline Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Tyler. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, you as well, man. I, uh, I spoke to you... God, I don't even know when it was. It was a few, it was right when I first started this on my other podcast, and that was mainly just about just regular doctor stuff. And what I am having you on today to talk about is what you, a couple things, mainly what you think um, has changed after losing weight, like what what changes what changes your body goes through when you lose weight. Um, but I also I wanted to start with something. I'm, and I I think I know your answer, but I'll say it anyways. I've because of COVID, I didn't get a physical last year. 
I get physicals almost every year. And I'm in a place right now where I probably should get one. But I I kind of, I'm, and I know this is the wrong thought to have, but I don't want to because I know that I'm still overweight for my height. And I, I'd kind of want to go in when I'm like at a good weight. But I like how how do you deal with like heavy clients or patients? I guess that's what they are for you. But like, do you recommend the go every year? Like, how can you talk to me about like how often you should see a doctor and if it's worth it to go even when you're overweight and all that? So just generally speaking, guidelines will say yearly. So if you're completely healthy, you should still go in every year. That being said, uh, at a younger age, we don't do screening labs every year. I tell people that when you're young, your body's really good at compensating. So even if you're 400 pounds, when you're 25 or 30, your labs are going to look normal. That doesn't mean you're healthy. You and I both know that. Mm-hmm. And so you'd actually be surprised with how I'm going to answer this, but I would not put you on medicines almost no matter what you're lab set anyway, and you are doing exactly what I would ever recommend to you, whether you had diabetes or high cholesterol or whatever. So believe it or not, I don't think you going in is all that crucial as long as you're feeling well. Oh, wow. That, that, I don't know if that's the right, uh, it's dangerous information for me to have. I'll be like, Tyler told me I didn't have to go. Um, how do you deal and this is because this is something I've spoken to uh, with people on this podcast before. There's a lot of anxiety for 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 me with going to the doctor because it feels like you, it almost feels like you're going to the principal's office when you're fat. Because I, I mean, you're not supposed to be fat. There's a lot of stuff that yeah. goes wrong when you're fat. Um, and frankly, I never really had too bad of an experience i mean they would they would be frank with me and they'd be like well you're you know you should lose weight and all that but i never really got shame but as a doctor how do you approach when someone who's overweight comes in so i'll tiptoe around it um to this day i actually still haven't met somebody who's totally oblivious to it and just in denial they know just like i know and so it'll get brought up casually in conversation um, cause most problems revolve around obesity, truthfully. Um, from there, it's usually just me questioning them and saying, well, what do you think about it? You know, what are your struggles with it? Uh, what's your energy like? How do you eat? You know, I don't just flat out bring up just weight itself because people are going to shut down when it comes to that, but they're pretty open when you give them the space to give you an open-ended answer as to what their struggles are. And they're usually looking for advice with it. And how much of that is just like your personal experience and learning dealing with, with, with patients, or is that like something you go through in medical school, like how to deal with, with tough, quite tough issues like that? And I'm sure they tried to teach us whether I remember them doing it or not. I don't know. Um, I'm going to blame it mostly on me being in Wisconsin around people who love cheese and ice cream and just, oh, yeah. just seeing a ton of it and training here. Um, and just being small town and personable, I, I don't want to feel attacked. So why would the patient too is, is my thought. Right. And does it change at all based on like, if I, do you change how you respond to if it's like a kid versus an adult? Like, do you, are you like, is it more like, do you try to like steer a kid away from it or how do you, how do you change your response based on the person? So that's actually, it's interesting with kids. I never really want to bring it up as weight at all. Um, I will just talk about what they eat and ask them if they get outside 99% of the time, that's the problem. They eat too much candy. They drink soda. They never get off the couch. And you can fix it with that. Now, there's a rare population uh, where, you know, they become insulin resistant or they're just kind of metabolically broken from things that we eat and whatnot. But then you get specialists involved at that point. Um, 
middle-aged people are a lot easier to just flat out address like, Hey, what are you doing? What's your struggles? You're stressed, you know? And then when we start talking the more geriatric population, I'm pretty relaxed. I tell them all the time. It's at some point, it's not worth trying to get your diabetes under the tightest control when you're 85, like go eat your piece of cake. <laughs> it's okay. Enjoy life. You know, that's funny. I mean, it's, it's strange to think about, but I, I mean, I was big my whole life and I, I, it's, I, I think I had got more flack from it from doctors younger as a kid, which I don't, I don't really blame her for, but like, I remember her sitting me down with my, my, uh, not a folder. What is it called in, in doctor terms? File like your Just, yeah your medical record charts or yeah, yeah. Rec- yeah. Your records sure. and I would I was getting like twenty pounds a year and I just remember it always being like an issue and it like it and I think I probably told this because to me it's kind of funny now but like whenever I would go in whenever I go into the doctor now I I hate weighing in because they make you weigh in. like I, I purposely wear gym shorts <laughs> because I'm I'm I, there's no way I'm weighing in with jeans on it's 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 crazy, but it is it's a very um, it's a stressful thing to have to do, especially when you know that you're bigger. So before I guess before we talk about and and please go listen to Tyler's episode. I'll, I'll tell you the number in the intro for which one he was on. On what was I thinking? But you mentioned a few minutes ago that a, a lot of the problems people deal with are caused by obesity. Can you just run through like between like the breathing, your heart, like what, what problems if you, if you saw someone, I guess, and is there a huge difference? Like what, at what, at what amount overweight do you start seeing like a big issue? That's tough to give you a direct answer. Um, okay. The, the vast majority of people, I guess, if you want to use a BMI scale, which isn't perfect, but. In general, when you get over 30 BMI, you're starting to get into that territory. Is um, that like what, 20 pounds, 50 pounds? I would say for most people, it's probably 20-ish, 20 to 25. Wow. Okay. Um, but the BMI scale is not perfect. Don't don't get completely wrapped up in that. Right. Some people it, are going to teeter on the edge, say five pounds, they're a diabetic. And if they lose five pounds, they're not. It's sometimes that fine of a line. Wow. Okay, and so what sort of problems do you see in overweight people? Anything and everything, my friend. Um, The most common ones being sleep apnea, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. But like, I'll give you an example. It just, I happened to see a patient today in his 50s, early 50s. uh, He was 278 pounds six months ago diagnosed uh, with high blood pressure, diabetes, sleep apnea, that three. And he told me, which I'm totally fine with, I'm changing my life. I'm going to lose weight. I'm exercising and I'm going to eat differently. So, all right, I'll give you six months. We'll see you back in six months. I lost 50 pounds. Stop nice. all this. Mess. He's on nothing now. He's probably got better labs than I have and stopped using his CPAP for a sleep apnea. It's like all this stuff is easily fixable. You just have to do the right things. So when you, so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. So I, I, I've lost uh, over a hundred pounds. Like, so first I wanted wanted to ask, like, I don't, people ask me this question a lot. Do I feel different? I really don't in a weird way. Like I feel, I feel like maybe it's a little bit easier to breathe. Um, it's, there's not pain if I'm like standing up for a long time when that was starting to happen. Yep. But other than that, I feel pretty similar to the, to the same. And I know you don't have like my records or anything like that, but what would you imagine? Cause I, I haven't really, I changed my diet a little bit, but I'm, I still eat cheese. I still eat red meat. Like if you had to guess what, what's changed over the hundred pounds. So that goes back to me talking about how when you're young, your body is just really good at compensating. So those are going to be 
minor things that you're going to notice, but yeah, the breathing and just joint pain probably. Now, when you get older people who have really terrible diabetes, they might have like the neuropathy or the zinging down their legs that they get. And so if you lose a bunch of weight, that goes away. Or they have high blood pressure and that causes headaches. They lose weight, that goes away. So you just don't have enough medical problems right now, I guess. And and you're young enough that you don't notice huge changes beyond just breathing better and a little joint pain. Not to mention self-confidence. I mean, that that plays a huge role too. Right. It does. I mean, it does play a, a big role. I did have, and I, 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 I got checked with not, like not last year because of COVID, but the year before, and I never had diabetes. But my leg, my right leg on the side, it would tingle a little bit sometimes if I was standing up for a while. Sure. And and I like I read, and I, I like I'm I, I know you're not supposed to self-diagnose yourself, and I'm sure it drives you guys nuts. But I read it was something like the nerve was encased in too much fat. You probably just because you had so much weight on your belly, it basically is pulling the uh, the spinal cord a little bit. Not the you're pinching it, and so depending on your mechanics of how you're sitting, standing, uh, you're basically just pinching that nerve. Okay. Whether or not it's encased in fat or not, it's really irrelevant. But okay. That got it. So it's how do you how do you make people come to see you more often? Because I I know that I just like I've, we've been talking about. I avoid the doctor. How do you is it is there something that you do to try to make people more comfortable or to to come in or 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 how how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, the clinic promotes it. So they'll reach out to people if they haven't been seen for a while. But ultimately, it's it's a lot like anything. You're not going to change anybody's mind. You know, if they want help, they want help. If they don't, they don't. And when they come in, you just make it a pleasurable experience and don't make anybody afraid to come in there and open up to you. That's like the biggest thing. And it goes from our staff at the front desk all the way through me. Right. Well, I guess, what would you say to someone like me, maybe who's moved, or even if I haven't moved, because I think the issue with that would be, like you, like you said, like the, your, your office will reach out if they haven't been in a while, but sometimes you just don't have a doctor. Yeah. Like it's how, really tough. How, how do you, what would you say to somebody who's, too scared or nervous or anxious to go or like they have been but they know they should go they have issues so that's where like the people who work in the urgent cares and the emergency rooms and fast cares they become crucial because eventually something's going to happen that you have to go in whether you fell off a bike or you got an infected toenail or you know something weird and those people are going to see hey it doesn't look like you have a primary doc or you haven't been in for a while uh, what's going on? Do you want to set up with this person? And they can help reinforce the importance of that. But yeah, there are people who live under a rock for 40 years, man. And all of a sudden they show up at my door and you start there. How, and you were talking about the things, cause this is a weight loss podcast. So you're talking about like the, the blood pressure and the cholesterol and the breathing. How much of that is, reversible like if i is is cholesterol any if are all the french fries i ate for the last 10 years ever gonna go like are they like am i gonna get like my big worry is i'm gonna lose all this weight i'm gonna get healthier but i've already done too much damage and i'm gonna have a heart attack anyways so just speaking cholesterol you can make those numbers look good but it, there's no way to reverse any sort of plaque that you already have in your arteries. Like that's there, nothing you can do. You just try to control things from getting worse. That's it. And long story short, everything's reversible to some degree. DNA is going to play a role. So you can have the worst genetics ever, do everything right, and your stuff's still high. But... I've seen people fix like the worst cases of diabetes that they've been on insulin, but they 
change their life around. And I've seen people fix ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease just by changing their diet. I mean, it's incredible. Like I wouldn't believe this stuff and no textbook will even tell you that it exists without seeing it from other doctors. Like I, a friend of mine who's a doctor cured his Crohn's disease by just going gluten-free. It's mind boggling. And what I, I know that I'm sure for different ailments, there are different diets, but what for the average person, what sort of diet as far as like types of food or like, yeah, what, what, what do you normally recommend as a, a diet for regular people? I'm a big pusher of the intermittent fasting or OMED, whatever you call it. Um, I think that that's awesome just because that's how my brain works. Like I hate the whole concept of eating these tiny little meals throughout the day and then never feeling full. And it's just not nearly as effective. Um, so th that's the first thing that I push. And then from there, it's just avoiding things that make you feel inflamed more or less. Um, a lot of times that's sugar or gluten, carbohydrate type stuff. For the most part, some people get it with dairy. And so you'll, you'll just feel a lot better when you don't take it in. You'll have more energy. Maybe you won't have stomach cramps or, you know, issues with bowel movements, that sort of thing. When you say inflamed, because I've heard that a lot, I don't really know what that, what does that feel like? I don't even know what that means. I know so, what it means, but I don't know what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, it's loaded, right? Because it's, it's sort of like um, when you weigh 350 pounds, like you, if you weighed 350 pounds today, like if I just threw all that back on you, you would hate the world. Like your whole body would hurt. So some people don't even know how terrible they feel because they've just gotten used to it. Right. But for the most part, you know, if you go on a diet, you're going to make some improvements. And it's mostly because you're avoiding these inflammatory garbage foods for you. And then as you lose the weight, it continues to, to go down from there. But like when you say inflammatory, do do you feel swollen? Like I, I what is like if, if you if if you were gonna describe the symptoms of being inflamed, what would you say? Yeah, so if you think about it in the joints, usually yeah, like swollen, painful, or bloated. A lot of people who get GI complaints will feel bloated or gassy, that sort of thing. I always feel gassy. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's me or I. It's just. <laughs> I um because I get that question a lot of of how do I feel and you know what may, is it sort of like the thing where they say like if you put a a frog in boiling water he'll jump out but if you if you slowly get it to boil then he won't like I because I was almost three hundred fifty pounds I was probably a, a, like less than a year away from getting there I was at three thirty six at my heaviest yeah and and I f think I felt mostly okay um. Like, but, but you think if I, if just, I woke up and I was 336 pounds again, you think I, I would notice a lot of differences? Oh yeah. You're, you would hate yourself. It's, it's what I tell people totally different thing, but like pregnant women, um, the only reason that they can do that is because it goes slow. If they just went from zero to nine months pregnant, it would be the worst thing in the world. Um, uh, just such a drastic change, you know, for your joints and, and whatnot. Our bodies are pretty incredible at compensating to different things we put it through. Wow. And what about that? I mean, and I know obviously everyone's different, but how is losing weight different for men and women? So women sometimes have to play around with their menstrual cycle. And that can play a role in things, which gets to be frustrating. Um, for men, it's usually much more straightforward, and it's just something that we're doing to ourselves. But like the people who have those weird insulin resistance stuff and thyroid stuff, you see that a lot more in females. Um, plus, you can just, when you're going through different menstrual cycles, uh, it's more inflammatory and pro weight gain and so that gets to be tricky is it is it more like 
like you know the stereotype like oh women want chocolate on their periods like is it <laughs> is it like something like that like they like they have like cravings that they don't have throughout the month or or what like if 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 during a, uh, someone's period if they ate the same things that like they were eating throughout the rest of the month would they still lose weight or is there something like going on oh for sure yeah yeah it's not that they can't lose weight it's just if you think about it every month a female's body is preparing to be pregnant okay and so it releases this egg and it builds up a lining think of it as like it's laying a bed in the uterus just waiting for this baby to come in right and then eventually it abandons ship and says all right nothing shed period but that that moment when it's laying the bed per se can be more difficult for people to lose weight because their body mechanics and their endocrine system is telling them, hey, let's get prepared to, you know, foster a child sort of thing. Damn. But okay. we're talking small windows and not making a huge difference for everybody. Um, it's just one thing that can show up. Hey, but I mean... I I have no self-control. So if if every month I got really hungry or moody, like I I could imagine that would be that would I mean it's already tough. Um yep. and what about and this is weird, but I I just started dating somebody and she ever since we started dating, she made fun of me that I had a a flat butt, like I had a small butt. <laughs> and I used to I had girlfriends in the past literally like jiggle it they were like oh you have a jiggly butt so i was like what she's joking i don't know what she's talking about and i actually looked in the mirror last night and it just like i feel like i just lost my like my entire like that's where i lost the 100 pounds was my butt like <laughs> do you, is there any science to like where you lose the weight in your body like i'm like i really hold a lot of weight in my stomach and i feel like it's gone smaller but it's still not like it's still yeah. holding on for dear life right there like how did can you target areas or, or how does your body choose where to take the weight from? It's genetic. I mean, stereotypically speaking, males put it in their belly, females put it in their hips. So you talk about apple versus pear look, basically. Um, males also like to get it in the neck, which is why a lot of them get sleep apnea because the weight of the neck just closes off the airway when they're sleeping. Jesus. Okay. But, but but there's no specific way like to be like if I want to lose weight in my stomach like I guess maybe I could work out and do some or would that not even do really anything? I mean it would build up your muscle there but your body's just going to break down fat as it gets it. The only way to truly target it is to like be one of the Kardashians and get liposuction. Now, <laughs> is that <laughs> is and we, I know that's kind of a joke but is that I've always wondered that like is there like could they go in and take a hundred pounds out or is that, is it that would that be too drastic? Dude, it happens in Hollywood all the time. They hide the cuts in the folds of the skin and then go in and just start sucking away the fat cells. And what would happen if you took like a, like that amount of like would that, is that dangerous to take that much weight just immediately out of somebody? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert in this, but in general, you still have all that skin there. So that would right. be the first thing that would be weird. Um, after that, yeah, I'm sure it's going to change your metabolism to some degree. And I'm sure there's restrictions to exactly how much they'll take. But a lot of famous people, man, rather than working for it the hard way, that's that's what they'll do. Oh, if I had the money, I'd be doing like that. I have no judgment towards them. Yep. Um, you said skin. I do want to get to that. But just quickly before I – I don't know what it is. I feel like – and this is this kind of I'll say the the least gross way I can. I feel like my stomach is losing weight, but it's still like I'm just jiggling it right now. It feels like there's like a bunch of water in there. Is there like <laughs> is that is that something like does it turn to water first? Like is it is there a reason why it just feels like my stomach is like a water balloon? Some of it I think is related to those fat cells. I think your brother might have even talked about this at one point. Right. About like, like, how those turns... cells are changing. Yeah. Right, absorbs water or something. Yeah, and then after that, there's still loose skin. So all that skin that had to be there when you weighed three thirty six or whatever you said, yeah, um, that doesn't just disappear. And that can be the most frustrating thing for people who lose a significant amount of weight. And right. So a lot of people will end up seeing someone to actually get some of that excess skin removed. To think about it, that's a cheating way to get like another ten pounds. 
Oh, trust me, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> going to do it if I can afford it. At, uh, yeah. whenever. My plan right now is to wait, lose the weight, which is probably going to take at least another 8 to 12 months because I want to lose like another 70 pounds. Um, but the loose skin thing is something that I'm, I'm really uh, focused on. I, I mean, I have it. I've always, I've lost weight a bunch of times, and here it happens a lot. I'm used to yeah. that. But, like, now around my legs, I have it. My uh, pelvis area, I have it. Yep. Um, is, I know you, you keep, you've said that, like, when you're young, your body will bounce back. Is there, like, if I'm in your 30s, is it too late? Like, am I going to have, a, like, an, an enormous amount of loose skin? Is there anything you can do to help with that? Or is it just it's the damage is done and you kind of have to get the surgery. Yeah. There's not a ton you can do about that. I mean, if you got muscle mass, that would replace it. It's a so, lot of muscle. I don't know if I can, that's <laughs> going to be a lot of muscle. <laughs> but beyond that, no, it's, it ends up just being skin that's there. I mean, it does shrink some, your, your skin cells are constantly turning over. So they're, they're not going to reproduce as much as they were in the past because it's not growing anymore. Right. But it'll never go back to what you were like when you were, you know, 15 without surgical intervention. Well, I was, I was always fat at 15. So, I mean, it was more like this. Um, what, what are the risks? I mean, and I know there's risks to any surgery, but do you recommend weight, uh, skin removal surgery to everybody? Is it, is it very dangerous? What is it? What is that like? Honestly, I've never had anybody do it. Uh, probably just because it, couldn't afford it but uh in general i wouldn't think it'd come with that many risks let's say the bigger thing is be very confident you're going to keep that weight off or else it would be a gigantic waste of money right um but from there i mean it should be pretty simple it's basically just taking a part out and putting it back together and finding someone who can do it you'd have to see plastics and probably pay for the vast majority of that out of pocket because it's technically a cosmetic thing is there are there any downsides to keeping the skin on you like is it is there like you're more prone to infection because it's just kind of like loose and and just hanging there yeah in in theory um outside of that not much but you know you see it like women get really frustrated with it after they are pregnant because now they have these breasts that are chock full of milk and then it goes away, but the skin is still there. And so they're more prone to getting yeast and fungal infections like underneath their breast area. Right. Guys, you see it in the belt line all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, luckily knock on wood, I, I don't have anything right now, but it's, it's something that I'm, I'm really worried about. I, um, it's just, it's, I, I, and and when we've been talking about you coming on, you mentioned like the that you you deal with a lot of people's mental health, mm-hmm. and and it's like a, the thought I've even we were just talking about, I've even in my head, and I I do I want to get down to, as close to one fifty as I can, um, but part of me has had the thought of, well, right now, I've lost a a lot of weight, but. My stomach, it's fat, but it looks kind of like normal. Like it doesn't look like a deflated balloon that much. So like I've had the thought of like, yeah. oh well, maybe I should just stick it with the weight I've lost. Like how do you when when you're dealing with people's mental health, how do you help them like not make weird bad decisions like that? So. It was really interesting that you actually brought this up um, on your other podcast and just talking about being content in life and not having the highs and lows. And so the main job that that I talk to everybody about when I see them, no matter what their diagnosis is, is I want to keep you at that content line. And that's the goal. Don't go chasing these crazy ideals and don't get mad, you know, over things that aren't that important. And honestly, I think you've done an awesome job with it. You talked about the gratitude thing too, that goes into it and just kind of changing that mindset and never making drastic decisions, letting things breathe for a little while. 
that's super critical to to anybody's mental health and decision making. I, I think you're right. I think it's like I, I've had, and it's nothing terrible, but I've had like a, a frustrating couple of days, just a lot of stuff going on, um, with like with like the work and and just people, and it's just like uh, that used to um trigger me. I hate that word, but it used to make me like just like revert back to like oh let's just eat whatever the whatever I want to eat, and. I, it's the thing I've learned or has been confirmed because it, it's true for me, but in talking to everyone that I've talked to on this podcast over the last God, like six months, it just shows me how like, I think something I would say to someone who's like really skinny, who like, like, and like maybe my bullies in school or whatever. It's like, yeah, there's definitely a, a self-control aspect to gaining weight, but I think that it's just for me. It's and it's a very emotional thing that yeah. I just. Is there? Do you know about this? Is it like? Does like eating. What does that do to someone in the brain? Like, why does it make me happy, or like at least turn off like the upsetness when I'm eating food that I like? It's a dopamine or a pleasure hormone release for you, uh, and it is for everybody. Most people get that when they eat. Uh, and that's a normal thing. Some probably get it a little bit stronger than others. And so that's what they go to for their stress relief rather than, you know, I don't know, whatever other people are addicted to or, you know, enjoy. And how, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, um, you know, so many people will shame you and talk about it being a control thing, but like genetics and weight is so important. It's unreal. I mean, there's a lot of people that I see who are super skinny and they eat fast food all the time. That's just the way they're made. And when, because I hear that all the time, genetics, genetics, like a lot, a lot of my family deals with weight issues. What, like, what is it in genetics that causes that? Is it like a type of cell? Like what, it, when people say genetics, what does that even really mean? Just their makeup, for whatever reason, they're able to break things down faster. Uh, they have just a better response to different things that they're putting in their body, more efficient. But then there's going to be give and take. That person might also be more prone to cancer or something like that. Oh, there's things in your genetics that will make you prone to cancer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I it's just it's so crazy how how like we're all affected by different things and it just it's um I think a lot of bigger people and I know I would get frustrated like oh it's like this is what I struggle with but it's um it's just nice to know that that I guess that like there is a benefit to losing like is is has there ever been anybody who you've told like it's not worth it for you to lose weight. Like, like, or like, is it, it just seems like, I don't know. Has that ever been a thing? <laughs> I mean, the elderly, I would say I, I'll have like all of little 80 year old grandmas come in and they're all mad because they weigh 135 pounds and they want to weigh a hundred. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, what <laughs> you're, you're being ridiculous sort of thing. It okay. happens. You know, or your people who have eating disorders, that becomes a big deal. Um, right. Talking to them about just staying a healthy weight and how that is important and good for you. Right. So it happens, but yeah, the vast majority could lose weight. That's interesting. Well, Tyler, I really appreciate you. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Dr. Manley. That's <laughs> that's that's one of the, how I'm going to refer to you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Um I really, I just really appreciate it, and it's always great to talk to you. Anytime, buddy. It's great to talk to you, too. Thank you so much to Dr. Manley for coming on this week. I really appreciate his time. For those of you who don't know, uh, how could you know, he was supposed to come on earlier in the week and at his doctor's office. He sent me a message. He's like, hey, three out of the four doctors, and I'm the fourth, got COVID, so I'm the only one here, and I'm a little bit swamped. Do you mind uh, pushing it back? And I, I said, oh, of course. I mean even before covid 
I don't have what it takes to handle the stress of being a doctor because they have to deal with patients and people, and uh, I'm one of them. I, I, I think I probably mentioned this in the first episode that we did. If not, Tyler, uh, this is a funny story for you. When I was a young child, I was not only I wasn't anti-vax, I was anti-shot. I hated shot. I was very scared. And I had a, not even not I, uh, my, my doctor and I had an understanding that I don't like shots and I need to get myself in the right mind and headspace to receive a shot. So it might take a little bit and I'm, I will let you know when I'm ready. And for some reason, after years of this, my pediatrician, I don't know, she might have had other doctoring to do or, you know, maybe wanted to go have lunch or, or fart. Who knows? But she was in a rush and just decided that she was ready and I decided that I was not ready. So I, when she came in with the needle, like, dun, dun, like you know in movies when they go slow-mo with the music, I smacked her hand away and that might have been bad enough already, but it, it became immediately worse. Like, oh no, because she stabbed herself in the finger. She stabbed herself in the finger with my shot. And surprisingly, that did not end our working relationship. But she did, she did, uh, she did make sure I was ready for the shot from then on. You know, stabbing yourself is a, it's a wake-up call. So that being said, I, I did not mind waiting a couple days to postpone this uh, podcast because if I had to deal with that or anything, I, I can't imagine spending some time with me after a very long work day. So Tyler, Dr. Manley, sir, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to Sheath Underwear. That's sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code SYAT, S-Y-A-T-T, to get 20% off of your first order. That's sheathunderwear.com, promo code SYAT. And don't forget, email me, wastelinepodcast at gmail.com. That's wastelinepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest, again, I apologize to everyone who is expecting an email. It's the Jewish holidays. It's important to my mom. So I have a uh, like a few days the next two weeks where I am not able to be in the office. And that's where I need to be to record the interviews. So if you were thinking about it, email me. I'd love to have you on and talk about what you're going through. Thank you so much to Tyler. Thank you to Sheath Underwear. And thank you for watching and listening. And I'll be back next week with a new Wasteline podcast.